Well, hey, good morning. It's uh, Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Slava Ukraine and Heroim Slava. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. You know, I'm going to try and get this done in under 30 minutes today. I'm going to try. Um, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Those four words, Political Views TV Podcast. I truly appreciate you coming every day. Thank you so much. Very kind of you. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I know I thank you every day, but I got to. If you can, please bring someone with you tomorrow or today. Uh, tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Today, <clears throat> Biden asked Congress for $33 billion, billion uh, supplemental um, billion dollars, a supplemental funding bill aimed at supporting Ukraine over the next several months, and he will get it guaranteed. Uh, Republicans love to give money to the corporations that build uh, rockets and anything war related. Uh, Biden outlined a proposal that would further pressure Russian oligarchs over the war in Ukraine, including using money from their seized assets to fund Ukraine's defense, what we talked about yesterday. Uh, Biden said, The cost of this fight is not cheap, but caving to aggression is going to be more costly if we allow it to happen. And of course, we mean taking over the entire Black Sea, which we can't afford. We can't let that happen. Uh, we either back, he said, we either back Ukrainian people as they defend their country or we stand by as the Russians continue their atrocities in Ukraine. We need this bill to support Ukraine in this fight for freedom. Of course, it's about Ukraine, but it's about way more than that. It's about letting Russia get, get away with this. You can't do it. You can't let a bully do, do what he does. And I say he, but yeah, I know a woman can be a bully too. I, I, trust me. I have several sisters. I know this. Uh, the $33 billion uh, request includes $20.4 billion requested for military and security assistance, uh, $5 billion in additional drawdown uh, authorities, $6 billion for the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, and $4 billion for the State Department's Foreign Military Financing Program. Uh, and officials said <clears throat> a portion of the $20 billion in military assistance uh, would be used to backfill contributions of, mun or, or could be used to backfill contributions uh, of mun munitions and equipment from other countries. You know, like, like uh, if they're sending whatever, we're going to be replacing stuff. Uh, and allowing those countries to be able to defend uh, for themselves. We have to replace this stuff. Uh, also included in the request is $8.5 billion in economic assistance to help the government of Ukraine respond to the immediate crisis and continue to provide basic services to the Ukrainian people. Additional humanitarian assistance and food security funding will uh, be included as well uh, to about $3 billion. Now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. Uh, let's, let's start off with more Ukrainian news. Uh, Ukrainian officials say they uh, secured a Russian ceasefire to evacuate 6,000 of an estimated 100,000 civilians uh, uh, trapped. But Deputy Prime Minister uh, Irina Verushuk says 
Russia was unable to honor that pledge. Uh, she wrote on Facebook, due to the lack of control over their own military at the place, the occupiers were unable to ensure a proper ceasefire, also due to their own disorganization and negligence. The occupiers could not provide the timely transport of people to the meeting point where dozens of our buses and ambulances were waiting. Earlier today, British uh, Defense uh, Secretary Ben Wallace said, I think it's certainly the case that Putin, having failed in nearly all his objectives, may seek to consolidate what he's got, sort of fortify and dig in as he did in 2014, you know, in, in Crimea and the eastern region of Donbass, uh, uh, Donetsk and uh, Donbass, Don, well, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, just be sort of a cancerous, cancerous growth within the country of Ukraine and make it very hard for people to move them out of those fortified positions. I, you know, this is, this is just quite simply ethnic cleansing. It really is. This is ethnic cleansing. This is Russia stealing people and replacing the people in Ukraine with his own Russian people. This is ethnic cleansing. It's got to stop. I Honestly, and I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to start saying this every day. I really am. It's time for the U.S. to get into full-fledged war with Russia. I'm sorry. It's time for Putin to go down. I've had it. Anyway, he added, you can see in his current statements uh, about Putin. You can see in his current statements he is in almost desperation trying to broaden this either with threats or indeed with potential false flags or attacks. Uh, today, the general staff of uh, the Ukrainian Armed Forces says the Russians are focusing on trying to make a breakthrough in the Izium area of eastern Ukraine. Izium in the Kharkiv region has become a staging ground for Russian forces as they try to advance through neighboring Donetsk and Luhansk regions. Those are the regions I was trying to say. <laughs> uh, the general staff said in its daily operational update, in order to strengthen the advancing group, the occupiers additionally moved airborne units to the city of Izium. Uh, the enemy has improved its tactical position, trying to develop an offensive on the village of Lyman. Uh, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres told CNN yesterday, this was after he, of course, he remember, he, he went, went to Russia the day before yesterday. He said, the war will not end with meetings. The war will end when the Russian Federation decides to end it and when there is, after a ceasefire, a possibility of a serious political agreement. We can have all the meetings, but that is not what will end the war. After the meeting in Russia, Putin agreed in principle to allow the UN and the International Committee for the Red Cross to assist in the evacuation of citizens from the Azovstal plant in Mariupol. But as we just said, it has not worked because they can't get their shit together. Uh, asked what role the UN intended to play in the investigation of war crimes, uh, allegedly carried out by Russian forces in the town of Bucha on the outskirts of uh, Kiev, uh, Guterres reiter reiterated his calls for an independent investigation. I mean, I, I'm saying allegedly at this point, but we know it's all true. 
We know it's all true. Uh, Guterres, who is, uh, um, and it is Guterres, it's not Gutierrez, uh, who, um, who is meeting with uh, 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 Zelensky today, described his encounter with the Russian leader as very useful. Of course, useful could mean acknowledging uh, that Putin is useless and we need another plan other than negotiations, that Putin is a nutball. Uh, Putin warned that any country interfering in Ukraine would be met with lightning-fast response from Russia, saying, we have all the tools for this, ones that no one can brag about, and we won't brag. We will use them if needed, and I want everyone to know this. This is more threat, nuclear threats. I don't care. We need to bomb those silos is what we need to do. If we can bomb those silos uh, with uh, uh, missiles that take seven minutes to get to those silos, they won't have enough time to launch. Uh, The Russian-occupied Kyrgyzstan region of Ukraine will transition to using the ruble from May 1st according to Russian state media. The deputy chairman of the Civil Military Administration of the region, Kirill Stremosov, told the RIA Novosti News Agency, which is the propaganda arm of Russia, that the transition period will take up to four months, during which both the Russian ruble and the Ukrainian hryvnia will be in circulation. After that, there will be a full transition to the ruble, Russian forces installed a new local government in Kherson on uh, Tuesday. Um, And of course, that's where they said they were going to have that fake vote. Uh, Hundreds of Russian tanks are thought, and this is kind of cool. I saw a video. Uh, Hundreds of Russian tanks are thought to have been destroyed since Moscow launched its offensive in Ukraine. Experts say battlefield images show the tanks are suffering from a defect that Western militaries have known about for decades, uh, uh, and they refer to as the jack-in-the-box effect. Did you ever have a jack-in-the-box? Pop goes the weasel. Um, pops out really high. <laughs> the problem relates to how the tank's ammunition is stored. Unlike modern Western tanks, Russia, uh, Russia ones, Russian ones carry multiple shells within their turrets. Uh, this makes them, um, uh, they're able to uh, fire more quickly and they were able to make the tanks lower profile because of this. But this makes them highly vulnerable as even an indirect hit can start a chain reaction that explodes their entire ammunition store of up to 40 shells because it's stored right there. The resulting shockwave can be enough to blast the turret as high as a two-story building. And I saw one video on YouTube of this uh, of this tank blowing up, and the turret went like five stories. I mean, it was amazing. Which, of course, means um, what's left inside the bottom of the tank is Russian soldier borscht. I know that's that's a disgusting description, but it, because borscht is like it's like stew with made with beets or something. It's really so it's going to be red and meaty, basically, and it's just liquefied. 
in something like that, that's what happens. Uh, moving, uh, sorry for the description. I, 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 I'm sorry if you're eating breakfast. I apologize. Uh, ambassador at large for global climate uh, criminal justice, Beth Van Schock, said that the U.S. said it has credible information that Russian military, uh, a Russian military unit, executed Ukrainians who were attempting to surrender near Donetsk. Uh, she said, we now have credible information that a Russian military unit operating in the vicinity of Donetsk executed Ukrainians who were attempting to surrender rather than take them into custody. If true, this would be a violation of a core principle of the laws of war, the prohibition against the summary execution of civilians and combatants who are hors de combat, uh, which, which means... Uh, for some reason, they are unable to combat, even if it's just surrendering. Yeah, uh, and they, by virtue of surrender, injury, or other forms of incapacitation, like if a soldier is uh, has their arm blown off, you can't summary uh, execute them. You try and save them. Um, Von Schock uh, also said the U.S. has credible reports of individuals killed execution style with their hands bound bodies showing signs of torture, horrific accounts of sexual violence against women and children. These images and reports suggest that atrocities are not the result of rogue units or individuals. They rather reveal a deeply disturbing pattern of systematic abuse across all areas where Russia, Russia's forces are engaged. This is why we need to go in there. I'm going to say it again. We need to go into Russia. It's time for four, it's time for World War III is what it's time for. I'm getting pissed. I am not, I don't like war. But you know what I like less? Bullies. Russia is a bully. Okay? Let us be, went on. Uh, she went on. Let us be clear. Those who unleashed, perpetrated, and ordered these crimes must be held to account, and the evidence of this criminality is mounting daily. Von Schock said, Our simple message to Russia's military and political leadership and file is, uh, uh, leadership and file is this. The world is watching and you will be held accountable. She said, the U.S. is supporting a range of international investigations into atrocities in Ukraine. This includes those conducted by the International Criminal Court, the U.N., and the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, The Hague. Senior U.S. administration officials said American Trevor Reed, uh, U.S. citizen, and a former Marine who had been detained in Russia since 2019 was released in a prisoner swap for a Russian citizen, Konstantin Yaroshenko. I, you know what? I, I appreciate that he's back. I didn't like the trade. Uh, Yaroshenko was a uh, pilot who was smuggling cocaine into the United States. Um, Trevor Reed was an American who got drunk and punched a, a couple of police in Russia. Not an even trade. Not at all an even trade. 
But apparently Trevor Reed was very sick and they needed to get him bef- before he died. Uh, Reed's release will not impact, the, of course, the U.S. approach to the war in Ukraine. We still have two um, uh, uh, people. One who, uh, one guy who's been uh, 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 accused of spying for the United States and a woman on the uh, U.S. Um, basketball team. Which basketball team is it? I forget. Anyway, uh, a spokesperson for the U.S. Citizen, uh, Citizenship and Immigration Services said, here in the U.S., more than 4,000 applications were filed to sponsor Ukrainians seeking to come to the U.S. within 48 hours of the Biden administration's launching its streamlined process for those fleeing Ukraine. And let me tell you right now, if one of you are able to sell my script, <laughs> uh, I will add my name to that list if you if you sell it at uh, union wages, which would give me about $150,000. That would be nice. Um, moving on. Other countries in the EU are considering paying in rubles, as Hungary uh, just did uh, for Russian gas. Germany and Austri- Austria have considered the new payment request from Russian uh, gas giant Gazprom and was now working on a sanctions compliance solution. Uh, the European Commission issued guidance to EU member states last week saying that it uh, uh, appears possible that buyers could comply with the new Russian rules without getting into conflict with EU law. It seems they would like pay someone to pay Russia and that entity would convert it to rubles? or something like that, which would support Russia's rubles, which I have a problem with. And so does Poland, because Poland just refused and had their gas cut off. Poland has complained and said that member countries who pay in rubles should be fined. And I agree 100%. It's spring now. It's not so cold right now. You don't need gas as much. Stick it out. People are dying in Ukraine. Moving on. To that noose continuing to tighten around that bright orange neck. And we did did this story like 15 months ago. Um, A state judge, I mean the beginning of this story, when it happened, when when the... uh, If you've been listening to me for any length of time, you would remember this. A state judge said yesterday the Trump Organization's longtime appraiser inconsistently applied its internal quality control practices when valuing properties for Trump's real estate business. As New York Attorney uh, General Letitia James' investigation into the Trump's business continues, the finding increases the scrutiny on Trump's longtime appraiser and raises questions about the accuracy of its work. Um, Judge Arthur Engron, this judge, is his man, has he been... Has he been dealing blow after blow to Trump? I mean, Trump's against the ropes by this judge. Uh, judge uh, Angeron made the finding as part of uh, James's effort to uh, compel Cushman and Wakefield, the appraiser, to respond to its subpoenas. The uh, subpoenas were issued in September 2021 and February 2022 as part of the Attorney General's civil investigation into the Trump's organization, uh, Trump organization's finances. Earlier this month, the Attorney General's office said its investigation had broadened 
to include Cushman and whether it has engaged in fraudulent or misleading practices in its issuance of appraisals. These guys are going to roll over on Trump faster than you can say free termite inspection. <laughs> in the three-page order, the judge said, after reviewing numerous documents in, in, uh, in private, he found uh, they indicate Cushman and Wakefield was not consistent in adhering to its internal quality control practices when conducting appraisals on behalf of the Trump organization. Accordingly, it is within OAG's purview to investigate CNW's appraisals to determine if CNW has appropriately and accurately disclosed to regulators and or governmental authorities whether its internal quality controls were followed. They're in deep trouble. They can lose their license over this. They can be put out of business because of this. The judge denied Cushman's motion to quash the subpoenas and ordered it to comply full by May 27th. Uh, so that's going to give them 30 days to appeal. Of course, that's what they do. They're lawyers. Uh, 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 Cushman was the go-to appraiser for the Trump organization, assisting it in valuing several properties, including the family compound known as Seven Springs, the Trump National Golf Club in L.A., and 40 Wall Street, according to court filings. The civil subpoenas are seeking Cushman's work documents related to those properties and others, information on payments to the Trump organization, and its decision to cease doing work for Trump in January 2021. In addition, authorities are seeking information about Cushman uh, appraiser who went to work for the Trump organization. Cushman regularly provided the uh, Trump organization with real estate data that the attorney general's office said was ultimately used in preparation of financial statements. This is that thing where they find properties are more valuable when they get loans and less valuable when they pay taxes. Right? Which a lot of people do, apparently. There were uh, hundreds of instances when the data, according to the Attorney General's office, was cited as support for the inflated valuations included in the Trump's financial statements. Now, we did talk about, I, I, I'm reasonably sure it was this firm about 15 months ago, when, when they decided to leave Trump and no longer, and, and I, I'm pretty sure way back when I said that they were going to flip on Trump. Kind of knew this was going to happen. Moving on. As the House Judiciary uh, Democrats put it, the Courthouse Ethics and Transparency Act, which takes on the alarming lack of transparency in the personal finance holdings of federal judges and the conflicts or appearance of conflicts of interest for those holding uh, can create in the cases those judges are asked to decide. Passage of legislation tightening financial disclosure requirements for federal judges as a step forward addressing judicial corru uh, uh, corruption. Um, passed by a, 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 a voice vote in the House yesterday after clearing the Senate in February the uh, bipartisan measure now heads to Biden's desk. That's right. <clears throat> it already went through the Senate, and now it's done. There is no reason Biden wouldn't sign it at this point. 
recent concerns, of course, about the impartial uh, impartiality of federal judiciary was highlighted in uh, the Supreme Court of the United States. Justice uh, um, Clarence Thomas failure to recuse himself in cases related to the insurrection in light of his wife's text to former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows pushing for the 2020 election results to be overturned. Remember, this just happened a few months ago. The court decided eight to one that th this information needed to be released. And we know who that one vote was that said, no, 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 don't release that information about my wife's private information. <laughs> it was Clarence Thomas. Uh, the measure would amend the Ethics and Government Act of 1978 in two ways. It would establish a searchable online database, database with judges' financial disclosures formed within 90 days of them being filed. It would additionally extend the Federal Stock Act requirement to cover, cover federal judges, forcing them to file periodic transaction, transaction reports for securities transactions over $1,000. And of course, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, Crew, we love Crew, uh, said the passage was a great start for judicial ethics reforms. Much more needs to be done, of course. However, the group added, it's not enough on its own. And we love Crew here. They do great work. Uh, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, they're always doing investigations. They are awesome. Uh, Senate Minority Whip John Thune a Republican, if it's a minority, it's a Republican right now, uh, unveiled a bill that would constrain the executive branch's ability to provide relief to federal borrowers by taking away the Secretary of Education's unilateral, uh, unilateral authority to cancel outstanding loan balances. In other words, he wants students forever saddled with debt and help banks make tons of money. And they say Democrats want to help banks, right? Uh, but in putting up the bill, he did something else. The bill sort of acknowledges that Biden has the power to wipe out federal student loan debt with the stroke of a pen. And he's thinking about it. At least some of it, maybe. Uh, the banks don't want him to do it, though. Uh, the legislation has no chance of passing and is intended to be a vehicle for the GOP's talking point that reduces or eliminates student debt would be a fiscally irresponsible bailout of high-income earners, which has completely been debunked. If they were high-income earners, they would not have been in debt. Come on, ipso facto and all that stuff, you know. Uh, what, do I, uh, uh, what do I say at the end of every single podcast? What do I say? Government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. The government is responsible for protecting life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's in the Declaration of Independence. If people go to school so they can have a high-paying job, but the government has shipped out those jobs, the government is responsible for that debt. They're the ones... 40 years ago, a union... For, uh, uh, for minimum wage jobs, like working in a coffee shop, were unheard of. But now there are too few high-paying jobs because of primarily GOP policies shipping jobs out 
of the country so corporations can, can profit immensely. I mean, we're talking, back at the time, $8 an hour jobs that were shipped out to countries where they were paying $2 a day, right? Legal experts and Democratic lawmakers say the Higher Education Act of 1965 clearly empowers Education Secretary Miguel uh, Cardona to wipe out roughly $1.6 trillion with a T in student debt for all 45 million federal borrowers nationwide. Section 432A of the law states that the Education Secretary has the authority to modify loan terms and enforce pay, compromise, waive, or release any right, title, claim, lien, or demand, however acquired, including any equity or any right of redemption. This would be the first step towards free higher education for all. And, and this should really be a Republican value. I mean, I want you to think about this. All first world countries have free higher education, which gives their people an advantage to take jobs, even in the U.S., since U.S. citizens are not qualified. It would lower immigration under H-1B provisions if we had higher education. And let me tell you, I lost a, a, a job because of a, a H-1B person. Uh, it, was a, it was actually a company that lied to the State Department about why they wanted to bring someone overseas. They didn't hire me, and they, they lied to the State Department. And the State Department sent me a letter saying, is this what happened? And I said, no, 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 that's not what happened. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, a state investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department launched after the Memorial Day uh, 2020 uh, murder of George Floyd at the hands of police officer revealed a pattern of discriminatory race-based policing by officers going back a decade, according to the report released yesterday. Uh, now, it's, it's, that doesn't mean that it just started a decade ago. That means that's how far the report went back. <laughs> and, and when you hear the numbers, you're going to be like, holy crap. Um, and gee, what a shock. The police are corrupt. Say it isn't so. Right? <laughs> uh, I'm shocked. Shocked that gambling is going on in this establishment. Uh, State Human Rights Commissioner Rebecca Lucero, whose agency probe determined the city of Minneapolis and its police engaged in a pattern or practice of race discrimination lambasted the organizational uh, culture of a department marred by flawed training, which emphasized a paramilitary approach to policing, a lack of accountability, and the failure of police leaders to address racial disparities. According to Lucero, black residents represent about 19% of the population. 19%. Yet 78% of all police searches from 2017 to 2020 involved black residents and their vehicles. This is, this is shocking. Mayor Jacob Frey said yesterday, we have a hell of a lot of work to do as a city. We have a hell of a lot of work to do as, uh, in this nation. Uh, Mayor uh, Jacob Frey told reporters yesterday afternoon, he had read the report. He said, I found the contents to be repugnant 
at times horrific. They made me sick to my stomach and outraged. And I think that our community feels the same way. He called for a full on culture shift in policing and added, we have to get this right. You mean you're realizing what we've known all along? Gee, <laughs> almost done. One last story here. Um, do you remember that story last month? Or I don't know, maybe it was a month before. I, I don't remember the exact... I tried to find it. I'm having trouble searching stuff in my computer, so I couldn't find it. About the book bans going, in, uh, uh, going on in, uh, dare I say, the Bible Belt. <laughs> and Florida, of course. Uh, there were a variety of reasons a book could be banned. Uh, uh, and, and I listed a bunch of reasons. I read off a whole bunch of them. And because of those reasons, you and I talked about the need to ban one specific book that contained many violations. Now, do you remember? You remember me talking about this? Does this sound familiar? Does it ring familiar? Great minds think alike, right? Uh, in Florida, with the ongoing GOP-led ban on books in schools, an atheist is now making his demands as well. According to the Miami New, uh, Miami New Times, Chaz Stevens of Deerfield Beach, Florida, has taken the initiative to add the Bible to the list of bad banned books. I said they needed to do that. I said exactly that. Now he's reportedly sending <clears throat> out petitions to Miami-Dade County Public Schools, uh, MDCPS, and Broward County uh, Schools, uh, Public Schools, uh, BCPS, demanding <clears throat> that the Christian Bible be banned from schools, libraries, and classrooms, citing its inclusion of inappropriate topics. In a letter sent to M MDCPS Superintendent Jose Doltres on April 19th, I, I like this guy, very, very colorful. Uh, Stevens wrote, Intera, uh, um, I wish to file an objection requesting the Miami-Dade County Public School System immediately Remove the Bible from the classroom, library, and any instructional material. And as is often the case with banned books, I ask your agency to lay flame to that giant stack of fiction in a pyre worthy of a Viking sandoff. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Stevens, I, I'm an atheist. I gotta love it. I know some some of you. I, I I love religion. Religion is great. It um, and I love that people believe in it. Personally, I do not. Uh, and and I'm sorry if people are angry with that. It can't be helped. I I was, I think I was born that way. <laughs> anyway, Stevens uh, named a number of reasons why he wants the Bible banned, including age inappropriateness and there is a lot of stuff in the bible that is not age appropriate uh social emotional learning mentions of bestiality and rape and wokeness as reasons to ban the bible with the constant babbling concerns about teaching critical race theory should we not take stock of the bible's position on slavery i am concerned our young white students will read such passages and wake up to civilization's sordid past. Uh, Stephen warns, 
he, he warned he can to the newspaper. He was telling telling the newspaper he, he warned they better not fucking ignore me. If they ignore me, doesn't that tell you something? The the government can't pick and choose religion, but can they choose which books they review for banning and which ones they don't? If I know Florida, they will say no, and he will have to file a lawsuit. And I look so look forward to this lawsuit. What's the matter with Kansas? Now, what's the matter with Florida? Flying Spaghetti Monster. He knows our future. Um, That's it. Thanks for uh, listening. (laughs) I I truly appreciate you. Uh, Sorry, a little bit long. uh, 38 minutes this time. But, uh, you know, it's been busy. Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Thursday, April 28th, 2022. Uh, I truly appreciate you uh, so much. I, I thank you so much for coming every day. I, I can't thank you enough. I, and I know it seems silly, but I work hard. I work really hard. I get up, you know, without an alarm. I get up at, at 4 a.m. every day. Uh, sometimes 3.30, sometimes 3. Uh Sometimes even earlier if I have other work to do. So, yeah, I work really hard. Um, Bring someone with you today or tomorrow if you can. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. Or maybe you want to school me on something. Or, Or tell me about a story that I need to talk about. And remember, always remember... Government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.